Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. It's Sunday. I hope you're uh, getting your coffee drink, your hot cocoa down your throat, whatever it takes to get geared up and headed to church this morning. Uh, we are, are intending to be there this morning. So I want to share a message with you. I, I was studying yesterday, and uh, I mean, I've got an entire folder full of messages. God drops them in. I write them. I stick them there. But they don't always hit the microphone anytime soon. Some of these are actually really old now. Um, and they may have been just for me. I, they may not even be. I'm, I may never share some of the stuff that's in that folder. But yesterday I was going through my folder, sorting out, you know, the message for today and really seeking the Lord. And, man, nothing was coming together. And I, I told Ron at one point I had no idea what I'm what I'm going to preach this morning. And we got ready to go to bed. It was uh, after 10. The news had just come on, and she was already headed for bed. And all of a sudden I, I – I just had a thought that struck my mind, and I began to research that thought. And, and for the next little while, she kept hollering at me, where are you at? And I'm, I was writing. I was I was in the middle of writing a message. What is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? And this is what prompted this message. I, I, I'm, Lord, we need, we need your fire. Uh, we need you to, to fan into an inferno the flame that flickers in many of us today. We're in desperate times. We're in a chaotic world. Uh, just watch the newsreels for any length of time. And what's going on in our world, in our nation, and, and around us is, is really, if, if, you're not, if you're not tuned in to what the Lord has to say, it can actually be very, very fearful, very, very uh, uh, scary to some degree. But fear is not of the Lord. And when we have the Lord in place, we don't have to have any fear. I, um, we had an exasperating day yesterday to say the least and refrigerator went out. We scrambled and one of the neighbors had an empty spot in the fridge. So we were able to take some of our stuff up there. We had a little fridge, like a dorm room fridge in the back. So we, we've been able to kind of manage things. Luckily the freezer is still holding up, but we're going to go shopping for a refrigerator today. But, um, it was so, and then we had a lot of things going on. We were busy all day, um, it's been an exasperating week to, for, for that, I guess. But I, I sat in my recliner next to Rhonda, and I did my story time with Buster, which we do on Saturday nights. Been in a book called A White Stone. And it amazes me. This book was written in 1997, <clears throat> written by a very good friend of mine, uh, Jim Corbett, that I met when I went to Youth Pastor in Durango in the late 90s. And Jim had written this book. I wound up getting to be part of a playwright. We actually put it on the stage and did a play to this book. Uh, really cool and incredible. I've read the book probably three or four times since its inception. Um, I actually used it as a as a uh, Sunday school study guide for my youth when I was youth pastor at, at the last church I was at. And we've gone through this book several times. And, and I, as I finished the last book that we had done on our story time and looking for something new, I thought, man, that'd be a good one to read. So I, I picked it up um, and and began the process of a white stone. Little did I know how impactful it would be for the time in which we are in right now. So last night, Rhonda was listening to me do my story time with Buster from our recliner, and and she kept just looking at me like, wow, you know, <laughs> because it's it's so depictive of today. And where we are today, and what's going on in our world today, and, and it, it's unreal. It's it's uncanny how God puts things in place, 
And so in the process of all of that, looking at some of the, the things that are, that are, you know, happening around us right now, the things that we were looking at in this book and, and just saying, God, I, I, we need, we need the fire. We need it. We need an outpouring is what I said. And God just poured that into me. So I went searching. What is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Most of us have a general conception of that. And oftentimes we cry out for that every Sunday or every Wednesday or every week or whatever in our prayer time that we're crying out for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out of God's Spirit to fill and indwell people was prophesied in the Old Testament and then it was fulfilled at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. The event was predicted in the Old Testament in Isaiah 44.3 where God said to Israel, I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. So Isaiah 44.3 literally prophesies the outpouring of God's spirit. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. The Holy Spirit is pictured as the water of life that saves and blesses a dying people. It comes to a dry and thirsty land, a parched land. You hear me say often that the way to have an encounter with God is through desperation, through a thirst, through a hunger. And that's exactly what was happening here. Now, on the day of Pentecost, Peter quoted another prophecy as being fulfilled. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 29 and verse 32 says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even all my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The prophetic in, in Joel, Old Testament, Isaiah, and in Joel, both talking about the coming outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit ushered in a new era in the church age. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was a rare gift. that was only given to a few people and usually for only short periods of time. It's a very interesting fact. When Saul was anointed king of Israel, the Holy Spirit came upon him. We see that in 1 Samuel 10.10. 10. And when the spirit of the hill, behold, a group of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came on him mightily, and he prophesied under divine guidance among them. So the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel. But when God removed his blessing on Saul, I'm sorry, on Saul, sorry. Uh, but when God removed the blessing on Saul, we, uh, the Holy Spirit left him. We see that again in 1 Samuel 16, 14, where it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and terrified him. So the Holy Spirit came, but then it was taken away. The Holy Spirit came for specific moments, for seasons, or, or, or seasons in the lives of um, Othniel in Judges chapter 3, verse 10, Gideon in Judges chapter 6, 34, and Samson, Judges 13, 25, and in 14, 6 as well. The Holy Spirit came to enable them to do His will and to serve Israel, His people. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all believers in Christ, and He came to stay. This is a very important thing. This marked a major change in the Holy Spirit's work in the followers of Christ. Remember, Jesus actually said, I got to go away, but I'm sending the comforter and you need him more than you need me. Now think about that for a minute. They're walking with Jesus himself, son of God. They're seeing the miraculous portrayed out in front of them constantly. 
They're seeing healing power, saving power, all of this transformation taking place. And Jesus actually says, you need the Holy Spirit more than you need me. And the reason being is it's he's our comforter. He's so many facets of our spiritual being. We desperately need the impact of the Holy Spirit. Now, before his arrest, Jesus had promised to send his disciples the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 15 through 17, it says, If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, and a standby to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because the Holy Spirit remains with you continually and will be in you. The spirit lives with you and will be in you, Jesus said in John 14, 17. This was a prophecy of the indwelling of the spirit, another very distinctive of the church age. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 marked a fulfillment of Jesus' words. As the Holy Spirit came upon all believers in a powerful, visible, and audible way. Now, Acts chapter 2 is a great passage of Scripture to read about the outpouring of the day of Pentecost. But but this was Jesus prophesied it in John, saying, It's coming. i got to go away, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and you desperately need the Holy Spirit. Luke records the event this way. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is a very powerful moment of the church. And, and it's not the church then. It's not the church was. It is the church today. This was prophetic for us today. And it has a viable interest for us today. Immediately, the spirit-filled believers went into the streets of Jerusalem and preached Christ. 3,000 people were saved and baptized that very day. The church had begun. It began in, in verse 41 where it says, So then those who accepted the, his message... Key key ingredient right there. So then, those who accepted his message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers. You have to accept the word of God. You have to accept the truth. The truth will set you free, but you have to, you have to accept it. You can see it. You can read it. You can speak it. But unless you accept it, it, it can't do anything about the, bound, the bondage that you're in. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon humanity was the inauguration of the new covenant, which had been fulfilled by Jesus' blood. Luke chapter 22, verse 20 says, And in the same uh, way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out over you and out for you, is the new covenant ratified in my blood. So, so the ratification of a new covenant, the old covenant is now being overwritten. It's being ratified with the blood of Jesus Christ. According to the terms of the new covenant, every believer is given the Holy Spirit. According to the terms of the new covenant, every believer, everyone who accepts the message of Jesus Christ is given the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result believed in him and were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. 
Ever since Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has baptized every believer into Christ at the moment of salvation. The Holy Spirit comes to reside in us at our surrender. When we, when we surrender our heart to the Lord and accept him for who he is, the fact that he died on the cross for our sins, he took on our sin, he paid the penalty for us. When we accept and have faith and believe in him, the Holy Spirit comes to reside in us at that very moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, For by one Holy Spirit we are all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together, whether Jews or Greeks, Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Holy Spirit since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. There's only one. It's a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He comes to permanently indwell God's children. There's, there's some importance right here permanently indwell God's children. In the book of Acts, there were three outpourings of the Holy Spirit to three different people groups in three different times. The first was to the Jews and the proselytes in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 2. The second was to a group of, believe, a group of believing Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. And the third was to a group of believing Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. Significantly, Peter was present at all three outpourings. Three times, God sent the Holy Spirit with demonstrable signs as the Great Commission was being fulfilled. The same Holy Spirit coming upon Jews, Samaritans, and Gentiles in the same manner, in the presence of the same apostle, kept the early church unified. It was one body. There was not a Jewish church, there was not a Samaritan church, and there was and a Rome church. There was one church, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Ephesians chapter four, verse four through six says, There is one body of believers and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is different from the filling of the Spirit. The outpouring was a unique coming of the Holy Spirit to the earth. But the filling happens whenever we are surrendered to God's control in our lives. The outpouring came at Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit's here. He's here. He doesn't go away. Remember he's, uh, this this new covenant, this uh, this new era of the church age that Jesus came to fulfill. The Holy Spirit is not taken away. It's it's here. It's constantly available. But we have to walk in surrender to Christ to walk in that Holy Spirit to have the access to the power that the Holy Spirit provides. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians chapter five verse eighteen. Therefore, I love that word. Because of this, do not be foolish and thoughtless. But understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. In this regard, it is possible for the believer either to be filled with the Spirit or to quench the Spirit. This all becomes part of our play now. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit, be, be living in accordance with God's Word, walking with Him on a daily basis, or we can quench the Holy Spirit by denying its power. Not a good idea. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 through 22 says, Do not quench or subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love, I love how that lays this out. This is the amplified version. Do not quench, don't subdue, don't be unresponsive to the working and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies spoken, revelations, words of instruction and exhortation or warning, but test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. 
hold firmly to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil and withdraw and keep away from it. Now, there's a lot packed into that passage of Scripture right there. I mean, a pile. There's multiple ways you could, you could open this up. First of all, don't quench. Don't, don't be unresponsive to the working and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in all things. Be tuned in. How do you, how do you recognize His voice? By being in a close relationship by understanding, by, by getting in God's Word, allowing His Word to speak to you, allowing God to speak to you, have your spirit open to His leading and His guiding. Don't reject or scorn prophecies, spoken revelations or words. But, I love this, test all things. How do you test it? With the Word of God. Anything that you're, If you hear me speak anything to you, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, throw it out. It's it's simple as that. No matter where you are, no matter what you hear coming from a man's mouth, make sure that it lines up with Scripture. If there's no scriptural reference, toss it. I have seen some things in the last couple of days that just bug me to death. I I have to be really careful. Rhonda and I had a conversation about this because, man, I want to jump in with both feet and and tell these people you're 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 fools, you're being led astray. But the argument sometimes isn't worth the time. I know that sounds harsh, but most people who who are looking for someone to speak to them in prophetic ways are simply looking for something they want to hear. They don't want to hear what God has to say. They want to hear something good. Tommy Tenney, one of my favorite writers, uh, in one of his books, I believe it was God Chasers, the first book that he wrote that I read, was he says it's easy to prophesy the future. It's easy for me to stand in front of you and tell you what you want to hear. That's not hard to do. Not in today's culture. But but Tommy goes on to say, where are the prophets who will prophesy the heart of God? Because that's the truth. The, the heart of God is the prophetic. And listen, there's some garbage going on out there. There's some garbage men who are speaking things that are nothing but frilly, feel-good, emotional Train wrecks is what they are. You have to be careful. In No matter what you see, even if it sounds good, even if it says, oh, man, my spirit grabs that and likes it, make sure it lines up with Scripture. Because if it doesn't, you need to cast it out and ask God to bring truth to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. In either case, the Holy Spirit remains with the believer as opposed to the Old Testament era when the Holy Spirit would come and go. <clears throat> Dang. The filling of the Spirit comes as a direct result of submission to God's will. Oh boy, you hear that one? The filling of the Spirit. There's, I know a lot of people who are seeking the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They are seeking with, with I mean, they're, they're passionate about it. But understand what it says here. The filling of the Holy Spirit comes as a direct result of submission, submitting to God's will, God's way, God's desire, God's choice. That's what will means. That's what, he, that's what it says. We have to submit to God's will in order for the Holy Spirit to come and direct us. And, and, the, and the quenching is a direct result of rebelling against God's will, God's choice, God's design, God's desire. When we rebel against, when we go our own way, we are quenching the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life. This is something you need to pay close attention to. The filling of the Spirit comes as a direct result of submission to God's will, and the quenching is a direct result of rebelling against God's will. 
Some still look for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a specific group of people in a specific place or time. We hear this all the time. I'm guilty of it. I cry out for an outpouring of God's presence, an outpouring of God's spirit. Lord, we want, I want you to pour out on us. I, you'll pour out over us. I, I speak it often, but after tonight or last night when I studied this out, I'm going to change my tune a little bit. And maybe some of that tune's already been changed in me, but there's no biblical support for a repeat of such a Pentecostal-style event. You hear what I'm saying? There's no biblical support for the, the Holy Spirit is here. When we see this manifestation of his spirit, like, like what they saw at that, at that college campus at Asbury and what, what they saw in a Brownsville assembly and the, and, and the big revival that went on at Brownsville, what we saw in our church in Stillwater, what they saw in the little church in Smith, Missouri, these pockets of revival that broke out all over the place was a manifestation of the spirit of God that was all ready, present. He was simply waiting on an invitation. Remember my story of the glory of the Lord in, the, in, in Durango Church that was outside in our foyer and, and these warrior angels are holding the door open, but the glory won't come in. And I'm, I'm like, God, why won't you enter? And he said, I can't come in until you invite me. I'm here. The Holy Spirit's here, but he can't come until we invite his presence to manifest itself in us, around us, and through us. Oh, that could preach all on its own. The church has already begun. The apostles have already laid the foundation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 through 22 says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, outsiders without rights of citizenship, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, God's people, and are members of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ, Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is joined together, and it continues to increase, growing into a holy temple in the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, set apart, and sacred to the presence of the Lord. In him and in fellowship with one another, you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Sometimes we sing songs and we ask for the Holy Spirit to come. Remember, Ron and I were come, Holy Spirit, we need Thee. And yes, we do. We need Him desperately, but He's already here. The reality is that He's already come to us in the moment of salvation. And once He once He comes, He doesn't leave. He's here. The outpouring of His Spirit is a completed prophecy, a completed prophecy that ushered in the church age of the new covenant in which all believers are given the Holy Spirit. So let me close this up with this. Rather than ask for the Holy Spirit to come, now that we know that he's already here, you think about that. He's with you. He's in you. He's around you. Why are you not feeling him? Because you're not walking in his presence. And there's something you're quenching the spirit. Maybe you're walking in rebellion. Maybe you're not walking in submission to God and complete submission at the time. Think about this for a minute. I mean, Jesus told me long ago that, that, that you know, I don't have to sin. And when I do, it's my fault. It was my choice to do so. Think about that for a minute. The Holy Spirit is with us, but it's up to us to invite his presence into our, into our area and, and to manifest himself in us, through us, and around us. <clears throat> I don't even know where I'm at. Instead, we need to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to move freely in our minds. Pastor Jordan 
at, at the church that uh, I've said this many times. She spoke a line that day that just messed me up, and it still messes me up today. And you hear me speak of it often. She said, Holy Spirit, we give you the room. He's here. He's in you. Holy Spirit, I give you the room. Holy Spirit, I yield the floor. What immediately came to my mind was the political arena. You know, where they're all gathered in that big thing, and they got the gavel and all that junk, all those politicians in that big room. But they have to yield the floor to another. Holy Spirit, we yield the floor. We give you right of way in our lives. That's what yield means, to, to give over the right of way to something else, to someone else. Holy Spirit, we yield the room to you. We yield the floor to you. We yield our lives to you. He's here. He's already with us. It's a matter of, Holy Spirit, we give you access now to move freely in our lives, in our churches, in our cities, in our streets, in our families. Holy Spirit, we yield to you today. We give you the room. Have your way in us. What, what an incredibly powerful thought that the Holy Spirit resides in us. He's waiting on us. He's simply here waiting for us to give him complete control, for us to surrender ourselves to him, our selfishness, our selfish desires, and allow him to move freely in our hearts, in our families, all around us. Holy Spirit, we give you the room. Lord, teach us today to understand completely that you're here. We don't need to look for a day of Pentecost because you've already poured out. Your Holy Spirit is already with us. Now, God, we need to begin to cry out for you to manifest your presence in our midst. Holy Spirit, move freely among us. Convict our hearts. Bring us into submission of God's ways and God's will. Lord, that you might do with us whatever you choose. Let a fire begin today that cannot be put out, that, that, that covers the whole place, a wildfire. Father, we've had them all over Oklahoma in the last week. The temperatures are up. The wind's up. There's been wildfires everywhere. Holy Spirit, let it be a wildfire start today in our churches, today in our families, today in our personal lives, today in our communities, in our cities, in our streets. Wash over this nation with a movement of your Holy Spirit like never before as people become willing to access what's already here, allowing you the freedom to do whatever you choose. Amen. God bless you. Ron and I love you. We thank you so much for your support. We thank you for following along on our podcast. And I think I looked at the statistics the other day. There's been over 24,000 listens to these podcasts, 24,000 clicks that, that someone played the podcast and on this past on this platform. What an incredible journey this has been. Uh, and I thank God. He continues to pour in. I used to be youth ministry. You know, he had to come up with a message every Wednesday night. It wasn't really all that hard for me to do, come up with a message to preach on Sunday morning if I needed to fill a pulpit. But I'm coming up with a message every single day and have been for almost two years now. What an incredible journey this has been as God continues to change me, continues to pour into me, continues to expand my horizons. Join with us on this journey. Walk with us on this journey. Share these messages with anyone that you feel needs to hear them. Share them with people that don't think they need to hear them. <laughs> let, let them make that choice. But share these words out. It's, it has nothing to do with, with me. I'm not gaining anything. Uh, I actually cut the ads off. I was running ads on our on our platform for quite a while because it would generate a little income. And I, and I quit running the ad because I don't want you to have to listen to an ad. I want you to hear the word of God. God will take care of us. 
He may use you to do it. So pray about that. If, if God puts it on your heart to support us financially, all of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com, pinned right at the top of our Facebook page. There's a way you can support us, I guarantee you. Contact us if you have trouble. Um, support us if you can financially, but please pray with us. Walk with us on this journey. As God continues to pour out, we are in these last days. The chaotic world is is fast encroaching on the spirit of Christianity. It is time to let the Holy Spirit have his way in our lives and, and guide us during this time. God, we give you the room. Holy Spirit, we give you full access. We yield the floor to you today. Amen. God bless you guys. Ron and I love you. We're praying for you. We'll talk to you again real soon.